Good morning. Let us pray together. Gracious Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Help us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that encouraged and supported by your holy word, we may embrace and always hold fast the joyful hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Like Mary, let us receive your word and say yes to the mystery of the word incarnate, enfleshed in us, your people. Amen. Today's gospel reading in Luke begins in the middle of a radical, history-altering story and one that begins with the archangel visiting a Jewish priest and telling him that his older, elderly, barren wife, Elizabeth, would soon bear a son. She who was barren, they had prayed for years, and now the impossible was happening. She would bear a son, and his name would be John and he would become John the Baptist. Then God sends Gabriel to a young Jewish girl named Mary, a relative of Elizabeth's, to announce an even more incredulous message. Mary will become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and give birth to a holy child, the Son of God. How does this insignificant, vulnerable teenager respond to the angel's unthinkable word. She receives this divine word, believes that all things are possible with God, and says, let it be unto me according to thy word. Luke's gospel reading today continues the journey of these two women of the impossible. As Mary goes in haste to her relative, Elizabeth, who filled with the Holy Spirit, greets her with these shocking words. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. The Son of God, creator of everything, visible and invisible, starts in his human life as a tiny seed in the dark womb of an insignificant young virgin who simply said yes. Yes to the impossible. Yes to the possibilities of God calling her to carry hold, travail, and give birth to the Son of God. And like Mary, God's purposes and plans for our lives start as a small seed, tiny, planted in our hearts, protected, nurtured, as we walk in faith and trust, as we trust God to do the impossible in our lives. What can we learn from Mary and Elizabeth about the way God speaks into our own lives, and what are some practical ways we receive and walk in faith. I'd like to just have us take a look at three things today that we can learn from these remarkable women. The first is receiving God's word and saying yes. I believe the Creator wants to communicate and speak to each one of us every day, not just special saints like Mary and Elizabeth, or Father Robert, or Father Mark, or Taylor, but to each one of us. Divine messengers come to us to let us know God is not far off, but near, as close to us as the next breath we take. 
Some may come in the form of an angel like Gabriel or in a dream. Some may be a word of scripture that touches our hearts or a word spoken by our spouse or a child or someone we don't agree with or perhaps even a stranger. Some words are comforting and encouraging and nurturing and others may be hard words to hear, ones of correction or discipline. How do we recognize and embrace it with our whole heart? I know often I don't respond the way Mary responded. I may turn away and follow my own agenda or think I can do things in my own strength. And I'm kind of learning that it's hard to do things in my own strength because I have to have a walker right now just to get around. And I have to depend on a lot of people. The last few weeks after hip surgery, this community has held me and supported me and shown me that in my weakness, there comes a strength, the strength of Christ who rests upon me. But often I go my own way, like all of us. I might ignore that tug on my heart. Uh, you know, before I came to the Mobile area many years ago, I worked for a magazine publishing company in Southern California. And the owner was a very demanding boss. He was a New York sharp, tough and abrasive. Have you ever met someone like that? Well, that's who he was. And the work environment was very difficult for me. There were no other Christians, and many of my colleagues smoked, swore, and gossiped. I wanted to spend as little time as possible with them. So I came to work, I ate my lunch outside by myself, and I would leave at 5 p.m. sharp. I was unhappy, and I wasn't really doing a very good job. So one day, my boss, Norman, took me for coffee to have a talk. He basically told me that it wasn't going very well, and I wasn't doing a good job. Things weren't working out. He pointed out that I was aloof, and I didn't connect with the team or work well with them, and I was making mistakes. He was going to give me another chance, to change, but it didn't look very good. I was mad. I was, I, and I also felt like a failure. I went home upset and thought, boy, my boss is a jerk. <laughs> Wondering if I should start looking for another job. But that night, God told me that what my boss shared with me was a word from the Lord. I needed to listen, trust God, and make changes. God loved my co-workers, and he wanted me to love them, too. It was hard work, but I began to connect with many of my colleagues, having lunch, listening to their stories, and slowly God opened my heart and helped me to begin to see them through God's eyes. Over the next several months and year, the Lord changed everything. I became friends with many co-workers, and even a few of them came to the Lord. And I began to flourish in my job. When God called me to come to Mobile to go to work for Integrity Communications, Norman took me to lunch at a lovely restaurant. He told me he was really surprised at the way things had gone and the changes that I'd made. And he hadn't expected to see the turnaround. He'd like me to stay, but he knew I was pretty set on going to this new job. But he did say, if I ever came back to California, I would always have a job with his company. God transformed my heart 
and redeemed a very ugly situation into one of beauty. I often wonder where I would be today if I hadn't received that word and allowed God's grace to work in me. I probably wouldn't be standing up here for sure. Sometimes a word can be hard, even painful, but all of God's words come to us to bring life, growth, and light that we might shine and reflect more of Jesus. The second thing I'd like us to look at is who are your Elizabeths? Elizabeth tells Mary through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. How do we live and walk out the word God gives us? Thankfully, we are not alone on this journey. As Christ bearers, ones who carry the Son of God within us and share the light of Christ with the world, for God has given us sisters and brothers to strengthen encourage and affirm us when we struggle to embrace and believe God's word in us. You know, there are other words that are bombarding us every day, and I'm sure you're pretty familiar with those, from the news, from social media, from a broken and wounded and isolated culture, sometimes even from our own families and friends. If we're not anchored in God's word, the words of the world can pull us down into a vortex of despair and hopelessness. So how did she, how did Mary cling to the word of God that she had received? First, she knew where to go for courage, affirmation, and a safe refuge. She went with haste to her cousin, Elizabeth, for she knew that her relative believed and trusted God to do the impossible. And she marked, learned, and inwardly digested the word. In Luke 2, 19, just a few verses later from our reading today, it says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. God calls us to do the same. So what are some practical applications? We hear and receive the word. We ponder and treasure God's word. We pray alone, we pray with others. We journal, we confide and share with others. We study scripture, we worship together on Sundays. It is very much like Mary and any expectant mother. We are so blessed apostles to have so many new babies and toddlers and expectant moms. You know, as a mother, you treasure the new life within you. You eat nutritiously. You get lots of sleep and rest whenever possible. You avoid toxic situations. You see doctors and follow their instructions. You do everything possible to nurture, nourish, and provide all that this new life needs to grow strong and come forth into this world. And so we are all, brothers and sisters, called to do the same. We find refuge. There's one of those beautiful babies. <laughs> our strength, our courage in God's word. We choose to put our trust and hope in your word, O Lord. The third thing I'd like us to consider is we sing our song like Mary. Our song is unique and yet connects us with a myriad of songs of the faithful throughout centuries. We see that we are part of God's magnificent eternal purposes and plans. 
As we sing the song, God is birthed in our hearts, we get a glimpse of the day. The baby Jesus will return once again in victory as the King of Kings. And we are invited and called to join the throng of worshipers with our unique song that tells of the mystery and hope of the Word of God. Mary proclaims things of the future as if they already exist. When we read the words of the Magnificat, it seems impossible that a teenager of low income and low stature would ever be able to sing words with such authority. Where did she get such audacity and confidence to say, surely from now on all generations will call me blessed? For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God's mercy is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown strength with God's arm. God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Much like Father Robert's message a few weeks ago, Mary sees God's time in a history as a circle not just a straight line. It's as if she crossed a threshold when the angel Gabriel came to her and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and she visited her cousin to actually see the impossible, miraculous pregnancy of one who was barren. She enters the circle of God who was, who is, and who will be forevermore, and she sees and hears a glimpse of the heavenly song. Behold, my Savior has come, he who is strong has come to the weak, and at last he will reign as our king of peace. And where does this song come from? Of course, it begins with God singing over us. As Zephaniah says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. We love God because he first loved us. God initiates, we respond. The song God gives us, each of us, is to sing is unique and an essential part of the song God is singing over creation. It's a, as a call and response in music. You know how sometimes we get to do that. God calls and we respond. Like a magnificent choir, each voice complements and blends to raise up and glorify the creator of all. Songs are sung in the darkest hour of the night, in the midst of fear and hopelessness, and at the dawning of a glorious morning, in the daily rhythm of life, cooking, working, parenting, sharing bread with a neighbor, going to visit someone who's homebound. Every time we sing, whether or not you can carry a tune, even when the words seem impossible, every time we say yes to the possibilities of God, we are joining an ancient chorus that proclaims and magnifies the once vulnerable human baby, Jesus, who is now King of Kings. We look ahead and await the coming of our King. In Revelation 5, where we hear this new song that the saints sing together, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, 
to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing, honor, and glory, and might forevermore. Amen. As we prepare our hearts and draw near to the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ this week, let us consider how to receive and say yes to God's word, how to fellowship and journey with our Elizabeths, how to sing our song to God. Amen? Amen. Amen.